following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Let's go, baby. Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, May 26, 2021, season 16, episode number 111. Welcome to the latest episode of The Break. We are presented by Geico, and we are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got Dave and Amber and uh, and Nick, Nick here with Nick. me. Yes, Nick. Nick here with me. We're going to talk some Cowboys football. we got to catch you guys up on all that happened yesterday. Cowboys are starting their OTA practices. Yesterday it was open to the media. Several players were able to talk to the media. Dave had an opportunity to talk to even more players. So we'll catch you up on all that stuff. And, and It was a and, very hectic day because a lot was going on. PR should have divided things up in several days, I think. <laughs> but you got pra- you got practice, right. you got my McCarthy, you got players and players and players no. and players. You know, I can't figure out. That's a slider right across the plate, right off the bat. We're not starting with fastballs or anything. I love Jeez. it. I, love I can't it. figure <laughs> out if, if pregnant amber is spicier than regular amber. I think it's probably the same. I think but it's the same. Yeah, I think she's always been like that, so I don't know. If no, it's- my tolerance level has... Going lower, <laughs> but but it, no, it, it was just a lot. It was just a lot. You it had was. a week, you know, you could have spread it out a little bit. At least the interviews, uh, that was a lot nice. to take in. But it was a lot of information that we got to dissect because there were a lot of different people that, that talked a lot of different things that were interesting. Let's start off first. And I, I was not just in full disclosure. I was not able to attend practice. I had lots of other things going on. You guys all attended practice. So a lot of this is going to be me just trying to get answers i want to know things and i'm hoping our listeners out there want to know kind of the same things i want to know so i'm just going to throw a lot of questions at you guys about different things and and again let's we're going to start this by prefacing this is otas like obviously these guys are in shorts and t-shirts and and it's not the same as what even training camp will be the the level of what they're doing right now is not that but just kind of getting some general feelings of things you guys saw and uh and and getting an understanding of maybe kind of how things look right now all right, so let's start first with what I think is the most important yeah. and and fun part of the story is you got your quarterback back, uh, Dak Prescott back at practice. He's out there. Tell me how he looked. Well, he being out there is is the, the most important thing, like you said. I mean, he he brings so much energy. Uh, just just having him there, that's what a true leader is, and there's no question about it. Who who the leader of the team is, and and. You know when he, when he's not there, we we all saw it, felt it, and that game against the Giants. I mean, you could just kind of see um, how did he look. I thought you know he he wasn't doing he wasn't one hundred percent as far as like and I don't mean he's not one hundred percent, but I don't think that they're like turning him loose yet. Um, but I thought he threw the ball well, and I just thought his presence of pushing this thing to be out there and to be with his team uh, that was great. Yeah, I mean, and they didn't cut him loose. He didn't do team stuff. That's by design. It sounds like he won't do that till training camp. But yeah, I mean, everything else pales in comparison because he looks, he looks pretty damn good to me. He looks ready, like, uh, like shockingly so. You know, like I kind of went into yesterday, like, all right, I wonder if he'll even do anything today because he, you know, he was doing stuff during the closed OTA on Monday, and he, I mean, he did a full. I mean, he did seven on seven. He did individuals. I actually, uh, I wrote about this yesterday. He actually got intercepted, which is typically bad in practice, right? But the throw, you know, his primary reads weren't there, and he broke out and was, like, running across the field like we've seen him do so many times, and he, like, fired it to C.D. Lamb probably 20 yards downfield, but just, you know, torqued his body, threw off his foot, just doing Dak stuff, and it didn't, he didn't look like a guy that had broken his ankle to me at all. I mean, he was throwing it. 30, 35 yards downfield, and and good for them. For, I mean, he doesn't need to do everything right now, but he looked like he could, mm-hmm. and that's amazing. On like that's all real. I don't care about anything else if I have that. I mean, we'll, we'll get into the rest of it. It is interesting, but that's 
that's numero uno for me. <laughs> well, you know, again, OTAs, you're not full go. But remember when we used to talk about Dak being bad at practice and he just wasn't a, pra- a <laughs> that good was practice a narrative, player? Right? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. talked about that a lot in previous years. And that wasn't the case. Like, he, he was moving there very well. And, you know, those little, what do you call those cushions that they set up on the on the field and then you kind of go over mm-hmm. it with your feet? Um, he, you could see the leg movement and the leg work and the feet, how he was moving it. And he looked good, and the arm looked good, the precision looked good, and his calves, muscles, they're there. The, the, he got some muscles the there. Man which doesn't skip leg day. No, he does not. So that, that's a good indicative that he has been working out and has been able to put the kind of pressure and work out that muscle. Again, I'm not <laughs> a, a doctor or anything, but it looks like these muscles have been able to work properly yeah. based on looks of it. I saw Dak walking through our part of the building uh, a, a couple weeks ago, and uh, and Shannon it was Shannon and I. And Shannon told he stopped him. He's like, "Man, you looking like you look like you lost weight. You looking thin." He was like, "Nah, not really thin, but I'm definitely in shape. Like I'm in. I feel like I'm in as good a shape as I've ever been in." He said, "Actually." I feel right now faster and more agile than I think I've ever been uh, because I think I'm just in that good of shape right now. So, you know, it, it kind of starts. I mean, he did look like he was more, I guess, felt might be the right word. Like he didn't look as bulky, but he certainly looked like he was in great shape. So I'm interested to see how he looks when he's on the field. And certainly when they get to training camp and they're, they have him going full go, I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get excited about what this season can be for him. That's, I, you know, it's, I think it's natural, especially when you've seen so many serious injuries to be like, okay, like it's a, it's a process. He's going to, he'll do this today. And like in a couple of weeks, maybe he can do that. I got the impression he could do everything if, yeah. he, if he wanted to, or if they wanted him to. Yeah. And that's day two of OTAs. So that's definitely exciting for what he could be doing in a few months. Yep. All right, let's talk about the uh, the linebackers. I think that's probably the next topic that a lot of people want to find out about. Uh, we had heard that, you know, obviously in the, the week before in the rookie minicamp, uh, Michael Parsons mentioned that, that he was working at middle linebacker. So then the question became, so what are they doing with all these linebackers? they got so many options at this position. Did you guys see anything, or was were you able to get a beat on anything with maybe how they're going to deploy all these different resources they have at that position? Not not really. And nobody's jumping in on that answer either. Yeah, I wanted to see what you had to say well, first. I, I, we I, didn't watch practice together. No, so. we didn't. And I, I look at it like and, – and, and remember – the coaches know exactly when, what day the media is out there too. Absolutely. So you know whatever they're trying to install. This is install time for OTA. So I, unless I missed some things, I thought they they threw a lot of different things out there. And you also have to remember that Jalen Smith wasn't in the team part of it because he's still limited from his his time back. He was doing some things, but no, nothing that had any kind of contact because he had. <clears throat> Wrist surgery. Yeah, he had surgery on his wrist. Which you know, and yeah, all these guys are on their different timelines, different things that they're allowed to do. You know, Dak didn't do team. Uh, the the tackle Tyron Smith and Lyle were out there all day, but they were held out of like the stuff that involves contact with people for the most part. Jalen wasn't even hitting sleds because he hurt his wrist, so I get that. But he did do seven on seven. So my impression is mainly just they got they got a million of them, and they were all they were all it was. It was hard to keep up with, honestly. I mean, you know, Leighton was in there with Jalen. Leighton was in there with Keanu Neal. Jalen was in there with Keanu Neal. I do feel like they worked the rookies together mostly, for the most part. I'm sure that's not, you know, I'm sure Micah Parsons got in there with a vet at some point, but Parsons and Cox were together for the most part. And I feel like that makes sense, too. Bring them along at the same speed. Don't throw them into the deep end too quickly, whatever. But I mean, it was mix and match all day, and that and and for them, I would say the vast majority of what we saw in terms of offense on defense was seven on seven stuff too, where you you don't really get to see the linebackers mixing and moving with the defensive lines. I mean, I'm sorry if you want me to be in here just well, like, well, but Micah was screaming off the edge as like a designated pass rusher. No, it didn't. That didn't happen, but. We did get to see a lot of rotation between all of these different guys. And, you know, right now, it's one thing if you're like, okay, we've seen Rod Marinelli's defense for seven years. We know what he's trying to do. 
With Dan Quinn, we don't really know that. We don't. This is the first practice we've really seen with him. I guess the rookie minicamp, but mm-hmm. we. So you don't. You still don't have a good idea of what he's thinking of a guy like Keon O'Neill and what he's thinking with Jalen Smith and and Parsons and all that. So. Um, you know, it's it's fun to watch, but I mean, we, we still, I mean, <coughs> jury's still out on what's going to happen with these guys. Talk. <laughs> no, no, we're good. We're good. Actually, I wanted I was, to. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm, uh, oh, no. I hate I hate myself because I'm trying to be <laughs> no nice. self hate here. I am no trying self-hate. to be nice. No, but you know what? Something I can say is with Makeup Parsons, and I know it's a very small scale, but to me, the very small little taste that we got to see. He looked good, and to me, he he looked like he belonged in there. He had the instincts and the movements in there, compared to I don't know some veteran that just doesn't look like. Well, like uh, Jalen, oh. hey Jalen <laughs> doesn't look Jalen doesn't look good right now. Yeah. He doesn't. He does. He looked. He looked. I don't know if it's. It, I hate to say it's because of his surgery or wrist or whatever, but he did not look as fluid as as he has looked in the past. And I know in the past he hasn't been looked. looked as so fluid. he looked. He looked less fluid because I. I've, that's one of the I things thought, I've, I've thought I, since he's gotten here. That's one of the things that always looked odd to me. Like he he always looks like if you look at the top part of his body. I think you were saying this to me yesterday, Amber. You look at the top part of his body. He looks like he's working really, really, really hard, right? But you look at his legs, and his legs are kind of just kind of plodding slow. along a little bit. Right. It, looks, it just looks weird. I and you know? I think any everybody should. I've been very critical of Jalen Smith, but this seems extreme to me. Like. <laughs> And again, like the go watch the tape from last year. It's all there. I get it. But like this is an OTA. It's an install. Just right. Like, yeah. And right. I was about to say like I I hope everybody out there looked fluid in shorts and jerseys. And and then again, it's it's not even a training camp practice where you're thudding up. Like the whole thing is like okay, this is what we're gonna run. This is the key. And everybody on defense, you see it time and time again. Like they flow to the ball carrier, and then they always do that kind of thing like a sprinter where they throw their arms up. Like they're not actually gonna hit anybody. Right. So you're. There's no contact whatsoever. It's literally just read and react to what's happening and try to exactly. get there. Exactly, and the read and react wasn't there to begin with, I, in my uh, opinion. And and, and that's it's a an four, install. Is it four it's years, not even right? a practice. Four year veteran. You got four year. Jalen's been here. Jalen's been playing since seventeen. So, well, he he, he he's a veteran. He's yeah, a guy that uh, to year. me it yeah. just like he should not have looked that way. And and I'm not trying to compare him to Parsons at all. You know, different guys, whatever. But at the same time, it, it was refreshing to see, and it just gave me it made me feel better about the draft pick selection and and the Cowboys making that pick and me thinking that. And again, it's very early. Like Dave said, this is just just OTAs, and you're basing you're creating opinion based on very little things. But from what I watched, I just feel a lot better, and it makes me think that this guy, Parsons, he's going to be a good player for the Cowboys, and he's going to be able to really help and do the kind of job that the Cowboys are needing a linebacker to do. Yeah, I, I just, I, Why are you laughing? I'm laughing because I'm thinking, like, he looked like Romo out there. That's what he looked like. <laughs> he did. We'll save that conversation. Well, he did. He looked like Romo. We're going to have well, that conversation. There are some guys that really jumped out to me yesterday, and we'll talk about it. But that's mainly because of low expectations. You're like, whoa, like yeah. this guy that yeah. isn't yeah. really on anybody's radar. Like he's making some pl- some plays. Okay. But like, I. I thought Micah Parsons and Jalen Smith looked basically exactly the same. They were doing the same stuff. Like really, I mean, just in yeah. they're it's running around. Everybody in sees something different. No, yeah. I get that. I get that. But but again, the kind of things that that Amber's talking about, you should be able to see in shorts, like the the fluidity and the the ability to be agile and and change direction and move. Like those are things you should be able to see in shorts. And it sounds like she's saying she saw something different Look, than what you're saying. The one thing you saw. I paid attention. Was to the linebacker. Fair. <laughs> Fair. I, I, I don't know, I, and I, I, I don't know. I'm. I don't think I'm imagining things, and I trust your knowledge, Dave, for sure of no, what you watch. But that's fair. I'm, I'm for sure. Yeah, I've watched Nick, right? those two guys. I'm just pitting the young people against each other because I like to see. Them yeah, fight I don't. I, yeah, I don't like this. We're supposed to be <laughs> like a united to front. No, because like he'll have they other things that haven't. Right, we're the old. Yeah, so I like it's to fine. see the young fight I, every once I, I guess, it, and that's. I mean, and if yeah, I'm you. Probably I was. I watched. I tried to watch everybody. Maybe I didn't. But that goes back to the whole thing of like. We fall into these off-season traps where it's like, oh, why? Right. You know, he looks so great at training yeah. camp. Why wasn't he any good? And so, like, 
I refuse <laughs> to sit here after one day of OTAs and be like, Jalen Jalen didn't look good. Like, especially, oh, there's yeah. nothing else to talk about right yeah. now. And, and so. Especially when whoever has told him he's he's limited. I mean, he's he's limited in physical contact and maybe he's limited and mm-hmm. maybe mentally he's like, All right, I mean, I'm not going one hundred percent. I can't do what I do and, and hit Which by know. the way might be what they want from him right, right now. So yeah. maybe it's unfair a little bit, but but he you know, it, it, we'll see. I mean, he's he's a he's a lightning rod. I mean, everyone everyone's talking about him, number, all that kind of stuff, and you know, they just want him to be better, just be yeah. a better football player. That's what everybody wants. And I guess that's probably my thing. Is and it's nothing against you, but like day one of OTAs, we're like Jalen still looks like crap, and then everybody hears that, and it's like, well, see, the, what are we doing here? Yeah. It's like let's not overreact to one day. No, you're right. I will say this, and this is going to be a question. I'm not asking you guys this question right now. I think I've ask a couple of you this question over the last day but this is a question i think we're going to ask in training camp a lot and certainly once we get to the season um is how many linebackers on this team will be better at specific roles than Jalen, which will limit the amount of snaps he's going to get. When you start thinking about who are your best base linebackers, who are your best two linebackers that you want to have out there in nickel, who are your best coverage linebacker, who's your best uh, linebacker that maybe you want to use to, to blitz. When you start looking at all those different roles that you can come up with for linebackers, I just wonder. I'm, I'm wondering aloud, like how many of the linebackers that are currently on this team will be better at each of those roles? Which means you start finding you know, finding ways to not have Jalen on the field because other people are just better than him in those roles. That's going to be an interesting question that they'll have to answer throughout training camp and heading into the season this year. All right, let's talk real quickly about the offensive tackles. I know Dave, you said that they weren't doing everything, but just in how they looked moving around. Obviously, both of them coming off of injury surgeries last year. What do you guys see from the offensive tackles? For me, my baseline is like, what are you doing at the start of OTAs? And you know, we'll get into this with Demonte Kazee as well. Like, he he had a full day of reps, and like, not a lot of people were expecting that. People coming off a serious, a very serious. You know, there are people thinking like, maybe this guy's a pup consideration. Maybe he's not ready for the start of camp. And he was. It's huge that he's able to participate. And the same thing goes for Tyron and Lyle. These are serious injuries that required big surgeries. And no, I mean they, you know, they're not going to go out there and pancake people on day one. But uh, they did team stretch. They disappeared for 20 minutes, probably to get treatment, and then they came back out and they were with the O line. They did seven on seven, most of it on air, where they're just dropping in their stances and you know getting familiar. Technique, yeah. yeah. Um, but again, the fact that they're able to do that on the you know first week of OTAs, that's huge. Because in my brain, and I'm not saying that's necessarily 100 percent right, but in my brain, I'm like, all right, if you're participating. At the start of OTAs, I assume you'll be ready for training camp. That's just that's my thought process. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like at times they're sort of joint at the hip, you know, because they kind of do things together. Mm-hmm. Lyle and, and Tyron, you know, they, they were running out there together uh, midway through practice, and then first team you reps, and then boom, there they they both are. Um, but I I feel like, and obviously that's not the case when it comes to their rehab. But I feel like Tyron. Um, if I don't see him until the the, the Tampa Bay game, I, I'm okay with that. I know he needs his reps and all that, but I'd rather not do anything that's gonna call, that's gonna trigger this because he's gonna have. Does that a include setback. practice? You you don't necessarily want to see him in one on one drills. Starting to sound like me a little team. bit. <laughs> Keep with the him, Pro Bowlers out. Yeah. With him, with him <laughs> specifically, because I know it's just a, it's a I don't have a lot of time with him. Is he's gonna have some issues, and I would hate that he that he gets banged up trying to trying to block an eager Terrell Basham around the edge in Oxnard, and he's and he's out three weeks, which goes into the season. I mean, I when he when it's time to play, he'll be ready to play. But does it bother you that maybe because he hasn't played in so long and he's coming back from that injury, if you don't give him that time, then? He still is operating at a bit of a deficit when you get now to game speed and okay. you're in games. I get your, your Arizona, point. He two. knows what he's doing. Arizona preseason. <clears throat> JJ Watt, can you please go up and go up against them for a little bit? Give him some reps. Cool. Yeah. Get out of there. Okay, good. We'll see so we're on the same page. We, <laughs> yeah. do want, we do want to yeah. see some reps. And I de- definitely think during training camp, I think you want to ease him in and let him do some stuff yeah. because I don't want him the first time he's really doing well, anything being a game situation. Well, I'll tell you this too. If he's not practicing a lot, and I, I know you got to get Ty, uh, Lyle in there, I want Lyle on the left side too. I hmm. want him some left, left tackle reps because if something happens in the season, I feel much better about him at left tackle than I did 
you know, now I don't know. Inseki, I guess, could could be out there. Yeah. I don't know if he's played both. He probably has. If you're a journeyman lineman, yeah. you've played at everything. So uh, whatever is the best fit. But I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Lyell maybe do that a little bit too. Yeah. So. Hopefully they'll move a lot of those guys around because I think they found out last year that you got to be prepared for every scenario. Yeah. Um, so I think they should take the time to be able to move those guys around, make sure you got some different options of ways you can align them. All right, let's take our fi- first break. When we come back, uh, I want to talk about a couple other positions. I want to talk about CeeDee Lamb. He's a guy we haven't really talked a lot about. I don't think anybody's really talked a lot about him. I want to think I want to hear from you guys what were maybe your impressions yesterday. If you happen to notice him being out on the field, running around, anything stood out. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Cooler weather makes it easier to work outdoors, and we can make it even easier. With our Buckaroo package that features a 3025E, 25-horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, box blade, and a trailer for $295 per month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. What could be easier? Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to the break. Dallas Cowboys football and Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders dance youth camps are back this summer for athletes and dancers of all skill levels. Two- and three-day camps are available at AT AT&T Stadium and the Star in Frisco. Spots are limited. Register today at DallasCowboys.com slash academy. Support our friend Danny McRae. Danny McRae's Danny Mac. Camps. All right, welcome back. It's the second segment of the Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We are presented by Geico. Uh, we're going through some some different observations from the latest OTA practice yesterday that uh, you guys were able to to witness. Let's talk about CeeDee Lamb. Uh, again, we haven't talked a lot about him. Um, one of the things I was interested in, and I noticed this happens a lot, uh, with players coming into their second year, typically going through that first offseason, you tend to see a change in their bodies. They start to get a little bigger, sometimes a little more muscular, sometimes a little leaner, just depending on what the position is. My question for you guys is, did you see anything different about C.D. Lamb? Did you see anything that stood out to you about C.D. Lamb? Or is he still just the same bad A that he was last season, you know? I think he probably uh, he he looks like he's been in an NFL weight program for a year. Like I get you know he looked a little stockier. The, the I was thinking about this yesterday. Like you know, f- the way fewer restrictions at practice yesterday. I like I was giddy yesterday. Like I got to be around the team. I got to be close up at practice. It felt you haven't done that in a year and a half. Even you know even training camp they yeah. made us watch from sixty feet above the yeah. field. Uh, so yesterday might have been the closest I've ever been to CD Lamb. I've never met the guy. Introduce yourself. You didn't. Well, I, I, didn't, I didn't see him. I, he didn't. For whatever reason, he didn't come by. I think I saw everybody else on the roster, but not him. You were looking forward to that too. It's fine. Uh, but I mean, he, he looks stocky. He looks like he's probably put on some muscle. I don't want to just go overboard and be like, oh, he's so yoked. Like he's, he looks he's Lou Ferrigno. Yeah, yeah, the shape of his life. But, yeah, I mean, he, he he looks like he's in shape. And, I, um, you know, Amari took the day off yesterday. He had a foot, he had a knee scope, I think, like he, way back in, like, February. He seems like another guy that they're going to be very cautious mm-hmm. with, which is fine by me. But 
you know, CD was CD was kind of leading the show yesterday, which I thought was especially interesting because Michael Gallup is is more, you know, he's more senior than he is, which I'm not trying to make any drama there, but like CD was sort of leading the group, doing the drills first and kind of take it seemed like he was taking charge to me. I don't remember him doing anything nuts. He actually, the pick I mentioned, that got picked off trying to throw to him. Deontay Burton made the play, which um, how many people listening to this even remember that name? But um, so um, nothing insane, but he looks he looks like CD. Yeah, you know Deontay Burton. Just just by you mentioning that, I kind of I looked at the roster at one point because before he made the pick, he almost made another play. And I was like, 33, he's a big-looking corner, safe corner safety type guy. And I bet you, even though Burton will probably not make the team, knowing what Dan Quinn likes out of his defensive backs, he was like, okay, who's this guy? Burton. And they're like, he's a safety corner. He's like, oh, no, he's a corner. Like, he looks exactly like you would want, like he wants to play. Now, is he good enough? I don't know. He's kind of bounced around for a couple <laughs> years. But prototype-wise – Deontay Burton looked, is exactly the type of guy that Dan Quinn wants as his cornerback. I, I don't know what what is he six. I would Burton. I would say six two two twenty five. I'll just say I don't know if you have an AG, but I just know six two two ten. Jordan Jordan Lewis stands out like a sore thumb. We'll say that. <laughs> we'll say that. Uh, love him though, but yeah. yeah. So. Well, yeah, I mean, it, we we saw the the that they were basically looking like we got a type. They definitely got a type when it comes to quarterback. But I do, I actually, he's not that type. But I, you know. I had a chance to catch up with Jordan though, and I like I think that's interesting. Like Dan Quinn was here when they offered him that contract, and mm-hmm. I know to some degree they needed to cover themselves and make sure that they had starters. But and I asked Jordan, I was like, you know, for you to be willing to resign here. They probably had to, you know, you, you. I would assume you would want some assurance that you're going to have an opportunity and probably just not immediately be relegated to, like, the fifth string on the bench. He was like, yeah, like, you know, chances to make plays and get on the field is, is what it's all about, and I definitely took that into consideration. So, and we'll get it, you know, I hate to do the whole, like, first string, second string thing and training in OTAs, especially when there's injured guys, but I will say probably the most constant thing at the entire practice was the first three cornerbacks like kelvin joseph got some reps and nation Wright mixed in but like when the when the big dogs were out there it was anthony brown and trayvon diggs on the outside with jordan in the slot like Mm -hmm. damn near every time and so not saying that's what it'll be when training camp ends but that seems to be their preferred situation until otherwise notified do you think that's also maybe a function you mentioned earlier that um you saw that rookies were out there together a lot you think that may also be a part of that where where there's kind of keeping the let the let the vets be out there together let's keep the rookies just watching while the vets are out there for a while and then maybe a little later or certainly by training camp you start mixing them in i feel like i remember joseph getting in there with Diggs, but but that's anecdotal maybe i'm wrong so but yeah, no, I think there's well, something to that. It's like letting the young guys work together and not overwhelm them too much. If he would have caught it, we would have probably not spent 30 minutes of the show without talking about Nation Wright because he made a play that looked like, I mean, it was a, it was your Deion Sanders type break on the ball picket. It would have been a touchdown the other way. He dropped it though. Oh, he dropped it. But I mean, the break, like you know, good show, but. The break that he made on the play, he it was great. It was a great play. And then of course it's much better if you drop it. Then then you hear the whole oh that's why you play corner <laughs> and that kind of Not stuff. More <laughs> right. But I'm just saying it it was um it was encouraging. I thought. I mean you know oh, just if you're asking and again it's all weighted right. Like I'm not impressed by I'm not impressed by CD unless he does something like the Vikings catch you yeah. know like that yeah. the expectation <laughs> right, right and the stuff we saw him do at training camp all last summer, um, but so with weighing expectations like Nation Wright and Reggie Robinson caught my eye several times Reggie did Reggie had two breaks like he he broke up and and it was against here I got my notes right here it was against better players. Um, he uh, he's one of the guy that took he stole Simi Fajoko's lunch money. He just reached right in there and punched it out. Um, We're not going to talk about Simi right now. He's he's 
But that goes back to the Jalen thing. Like, okay, like he, you know, he he got bullied a little bit at his second OTA as a fifth round pick. Was like it just that day? Like again, I've I've heard well, I've heard people talk last week that yeah. that he didn't look great, and then I heard it again yesterday that he didn't look great. It's a hell at some of point, a... you start saying, does he look great? Like, it's a learning curve, man. Yeah. It's a steep learning. curve. I feel curve. like it's it, it depends who you're talking about because some like a guy like him, you haven't seen him, mm-hmm. and he's new, right? Mm-hmm. So you're like, okay, you ha- you gotta give him some time. And I'm not I'm not trying to bring back Jalen into the conversation, mm-hmm. but then it's different when you're looking at a guy like that that you've seen in the past. So you have a different, like Dave said, expectations. It's all about expectations. So you know the the two corners. And talking about defensive backs, I mean, when you're watching OTAs, it can get kind of boring. It's exciting because you're getting to watch football and, and the veterans and the rookies together. But then it's like, ah, oh, you know, it's not really full contact or anything. But they made it exciting. It's like, oh, okay, those, no. with those plays, you're like, okay, okay. 100%. Now we're getting some action exact, here. Exactly. Like, Nation, he did it twice. And, like, you know, you do it once and you're like, whoa, okay. And then, number, hold, okay, Nation. Right. And Reggie, Is that Nation again? Reggie yeah. did the same thing. Uh, and it was Dak. Dak was looking for Aaron Parker on a flag route to the sideline, you know, 18 yards downfield. And Reggie just dove and kind of. Poked it, o- poked it away from over his shoulder. It was a great play, yeah. and it and it was it was a good throw by Dak too. Like Reggie Robinson just made a great play. So, and going back to your point about Fajoko, that was Reggie last year. We're like, oh, they were excited about this guy, and he looks mm-hmm. awful. And so for him to you know for him to flash in the first opportunity that we're available to see him was that was exciting. I will tell you this, and I, I know it's way too early to be doing this, but I am really starting to wonder if we're going to look back here in a few years. And we're going to say Nashawn Wright is a better player uh, than Calvin Joseph. Uh, and I know way early. I just think I think they're going to – I look at it like this. Those coaches are going to have every reason to want Nashawn Wright to succeed because he fits the mold of what they really want. And so if they're even – like if, if they come out and they're even and, and, and Wright isn't clearly better – I think Nation's going to be the guy that gets the opportunities. So I don't. I don't know. I don't. I'm not saying that you're wrong because like nobody knows how any of these guys are going to pan out. That's what makes it fun. But I just love the way that you're like. I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but he's, but he's, let me get he's, ahead of he's myself. better. He's, well, just, he's better. He will be. I mean, if you finish that and you said I don't want to get ahead of myself, but maybe Nashawn Wright or Nashawn Wright, maybe he's going to be the third corner in the history of the NFL that's six four and taller that's good. You know, because there's this There's not a lot of there's them. like two yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't I think the guy I think there was a guy in Miami, Sean Smith maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh am I missing someone? Was Sean Smith that big? I thought he I was remember six, him from four. Miami. Was he that big? I don't know. I mean but like Bobby Taylor from the Eagles was like six Bobby was good though. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Really I thought you were saying he wasn't that no, great. No, he's not Bobby, six four. I mean, I mean, I, and I'm just saying that there's just a reason why guys that tall aren't cornerbacks. It's yeah. just hard. For How them tall to was be. Troy Vincent? Because they, they were together, and Troy was like he was a taller corner. He wasn't really. I, think they I don't were, know if he was that tall, but he was big, probably yeah. like six two, six three. I would right. guess. Yeah. Again, it's not. I mean, it's just. He's tall and lanky. He looks like Pat Watkins from back in the day. Oh, wow. Yeah. He went back. Yeah. Troy Vincent's listed at 6'1". 6'1"? I, I get Nick's point. And There's just not many of them. He looks he looks really fluid moving in a straight line. If you watch his tape, it's open space. It, it, that makes sense. Open space is a problem for him. Yeah. So it's, it's a very small sample size, but considering the amount of – debate and outrage about that pick i it was funny and fun that he looked really good in in his first opportunity in front of media yeah and then the same thing you know i heard some similar things last week in the rookie camp about him like oh wow he's kind of yeah. looks better than i thought he would look so again he's just piquing my interest and I, you know so that's kind of the fear of doing these kind of shows sometimes you get out there and you just talk about things that that kind of so. pique your interest and then before you know it everybody's like well you said nation was going to be great <laughs> and it's just like right. that's just well, what i'm starting to kind of and, and also, it's okay. Mind, yeah. Like I, I'm sorry if it's boring radio, but it's all right to sit on the fence for a little while. True. Like, yeah. I true. Just, well, the thing is, is that you know we we talk about uh, like that play, Nashawn Wright broke on the ball. He almost picked it. He didn't, but it was it, it was good. But and I don't I can't even tell you the answer to this. But like what you also have to factor in is what was the pat? What did the pass look like? Well, who did it come from? And how long did the quarterback stare down the receiver <laughs> yeah. and be like, "I'm throwing it to you"? And then you know, so we don't 
factor it all in. It was Ben DiNucci throwing to an undrafted rookie running back in the flat, just so we're clear. If I don't know, so don't water it down. <laughs> let's, saying, let's, like, let's not water down the play. Let's not, just enjoy what we saw. That's not Mahomes <laughs> right. to Mike Evans it's on not, week one. It's, of the, okay, it's not. It's not. Mahomes, what am I doing? Brady. Brady yeah. to my, that's I mean, okay. I don't know what I was doing there. I had Mahomes, and oh. then I went Tampa. You'll have to play them both. So I'm just killing all the fun of this shit. I, you know, you, and you have to. In week five, Amber's going to be like, what gonna... were we doing saying these guys were good? Like, And then I catch hell. That's why. Hey, you know why? I'm trying you know why to do you have to damage ride the control. Because of you. Because you created cow bites. Cow bites, this 30-second clip that oh, sits yeah, up there put on you YouTube, there. and it's just like, I, did I say that? Did I say that? And all of a sudden, we got our team in the back, Chris Beam, and his guys would be like, yes, you did. And you're like, dang it, it's cow bites. I'm just wanting Good boy. I want as clear a picture as possible so that people aren't in my mentions demanding why I yeah. was... Why I sold them a bill of goods. No, I get that. I get that. And honestly, again, like I said, that's the, the that's the hard part of doing shows like this. You you say out loud what normally you just think to yourself or you say to a friend, like, hey man, I'm wondering about like this guy might actually be better than we thought. You know, and, and then you get painted with that brush yeah, forever. On the air. Yeah. yeah, you're that guy forever. All right, let's jump on. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the center position. Can I can I ask something real sure. quick? Yeah. It's something that I keep forgetting every time, and when and it reminded me of when Dave was talking about Jordan Lewis and insurance and assurance and the Joe Looney. Mm-hmm. I keep forgetting about him, and I'm always like, okay, what what was the deal with him? What happened with him? I know he hasn't signed with any other team. Why is he still sitting out there? I don't know if you guys have mm-hmm. any or you, Nick, if you have any other. I think it's a wonderful. I mean, question. I get the guys that they currently have. No, no, right no. Now, I but. don't. I don't know exactly, but I know if you go to the other side of that page, the 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 numerical side, uh, you know, in in that order, uh, they got four or five guys with two numbers out there. Uh, you know, four or five guys on double numbers. But look at number seventy three. Who's number seventy three on that roster? I don't see a seventy three. Right. And I think there's something to be said for that. I think so too. And I, I think he's have you, waiting. Have you heard that? Because it's just a guess on my it's part. It's just really just a guess. But I think that it's like we're going to let these guys see. And we all we know what Looney is. Yeah. If we need him, what do the, what do they love to say? Like create competition, paper over the holes in their eye. They didn't do that with center. Mm-hmm. It's just it's the Tyler Biata show, and I like I know Connor McGovern oh, has done it. Other guy too was on. Well, I was about to say well, I heard well, that no, Carnegie well, played a lot. So so that's what I was going to say. Like you know, all through the offseason, it's like well, Connor McGovern can do it, and and Connor Williams has done that. And during you know McCarthy does the quarterback school, mm-hmm. Biotish, um I don't. It wasn't McGovern, but Biotish and uh, Connor Williams was actually snapping during the quarterback school, and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, that's really interesting. But then we get into team portion, and Matt Farniok, the last pick, was the first team center, and like, it, as far as I'm aware, Tyler Biotish is fine because right. he was, I was overdoing for Biotish. Like, is he the trainer or something? Yeah. Like, he was like, he was he was in the offensive line drills. Like, I think the uh, the other offensive linemen and maybe some of the rehab guys were working on stances and stuff during the team periods while Farniok is running with Dak. <laughs> Which kind of blew me away. No yeah. disrespect to Matt Farniak, and he did. He played center at Nebraska, so it's not completely out of left field. A little, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think one. I think he made one start at one center, one start, and a few other games. Um, but that it just kind of blew me away. And you think yeah. about it, you're just. I. I it, it's weird to me that that there's not like a true center, and then to see Biotish doesn't really. And I don't want to overreact to one day of OTAs, but like he. I would assume Biotish would just be the first team center all the time. Like he's the guy he needs to work with Dak as much as possible, and that's not what was happening. So it's it's interesting, and I wonder I wonder if they're kind of like eh, if we really don't feel good about this by the time the, you know by the right. time we're getting ready to go to Oxnard, we can call Joe. Yep, I, it's just a guess. That's kind of what I've, yeah. I and I agree. I mean, I, 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 guess, I, I guess that too. And I don't know if the leave it is. Jersey number open is something, but but I I think it might have something to do with the fact that. You know, he thought he might be coming back, and I was told I was told the second or third day of free agency that Looney that could happen this week. So there were talks of him coming back. He thought he was, and it just didn't materialize. And now here we are. Then you get closer to the draft. You're like, let's just see what happens in the draft. Now let's see what happens in OTAs. But I think he's still sitting there. They haven't lost his number. I can just there. picture, you know, with the or amount his jersey number on that too. With the amount that Stephen Jones has talked about their cap situation, I can just picture him being like, 
Yeah. How much? How much does Joe want? Ooh, uh-uh. Like, let's <laughs> let's see what we got here, and we can True. maybe we'll call him. Maybe that price comes even, down the more you wait, yeah. right? I was just gonna say, even if not with the Cowboys, it's just crazy to me to think that he's still sitting out right. there. Yeah, and starting no other center, team yeah. Has, starting center with guard capability. Yeah. He is a valuable game day yeah. guy. Um, but I, I go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that might also be because he's like, I really want to stay in Dallas. I want to wait it out and see what happens there. Because I think if he really wanted to go get a one-year deal from somebody, True. there's a team out there that would have given him a one-year deal. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think there's any reason to believe that that's not the case. So I think this might also signal that he wants to be here and he's just going to wait it out. The Cowboys are going to wait it out and see what happens. It, that, it just it is so obviously opposite of what they usually try to do. That they're just like, yeah, we got this guy we drafted on day three last year and not well, a whole lot else. Well, I you know, I, I don't know what's been said behind closed doors, but I would go to the guy that you paid forty million dollars a year to and I'd be like, Hey, this is the guy that gives you the ball. And this is the guy that blocks right in front of you and makes the calls to make sure the other guys block the right guy. Who do you want? I mean, I that you can't say that about a lot of positions, but with him and you're trying to protect him, like I, I would put Dax, I would weigh that in because I because I did hear that the reason why Biotis didn't play a lot in the second half of the year over Looney was because of Andy Dalton because Andy Dalton wasn't comfortable with Biotis's shotgun snaps. They were too erratic, and he had to keep his eyes. He had to get his eyes off of the defense and onto the ball because they were a little bit. That's we don't nugget. we don't think of it all the time, but the ball here or here, we just know. We're just looking down. We look up, and the guy's got the ball. But Andy Dalton, he couldn't see. He couldn't. I mean, I mean, there would be blitzes coming, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, he's got to get the ball down here. Looney was a little bit better with it, and you know, Dalton, I think, preferred that. I'm not saying he said he said don't. You know, he yeah. just would prefer it. So that's something Biotis has to work on this off season. Those shotgun snaps have to be right here, ready. Which, and I'm the guy that already said, you know, don't make too much of who's first string, string second string, third string in May, but. Center, you probably want your preferred center and your preferred quarterback working together as much as possible. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it would make sense. Yeah. So I, it, 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 it's weird. It's a weird. I've got my eye on that. <laughs> All right, let's let's take our final break. When we come back, I got to talk. I want you guys to talk about uh, Damani Kasi because there were there were a couple people that told me, mm-hmm. man, he was got out to watch yesterday. There were some things he was doing out there. It was pretty impressive. So we'll talk about that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Before you can park yourself in front of the game, park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores. Our Land Run package is a 1025R, 25-horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, and a box blade for $229 a month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar and a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Back to the break. 
Get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. Join Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life, starting at just $20. Join now. Get your exclusive fan pack and member benefits. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United for details. Welcome back. Final segment of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're heading into a holiday weekend, so uh, we'll get this show done. And then uh, it'll be a nice little couple days here, a few days. I know I'm going to be out for the next three days. So it'll be gotcha. good. Yeah. You going to get some time? Sure. Amber, you getting some time? When? When do we get off? <laughs> <laughs> the company's giving us Monday. But Yeah. But if you want a little weekend, extra time. Weekend plus know, Monday. <laughs> take a little extra time, Dave. I'm going know. home tomorrow night. There you go. I've been go seeing see my folks. Make family sure in forever. I will. Thank you. Can you bring back some food from New Orleans? I will try. Like That would be great. I will try. I really appreciate it. You that. always say the same thing, and it never happens. It's I know. True. He never brings any food back, but <laughs> well, it's a lot of work. No, it is a lot of work. It's so, <laughs> a lot of work. That is so You just backwards. put it in a container and bring it. That's like, so backwards. Just bring some seasoning and then cook it over here. There, maybe that. But what? Could, you know, seasoning or something, but like... You gonna bring home some food? I mean, like, yeah, I'm not gonna bring you're the, you. A- you're the pickiest eater ever. Like, if it, if it isn't right, like, I mean, so I can't imagine coming in Dave's car for eight eater. hours and coming back. I'm flying, but oh, I'm not a picky eater. I'm really not. I I I know what I like. That's exactly. <laughs> okay. What I like. Whatever it's you say, picky. boss. It's just, I know what I like. Whatever I eat a lot say. of stuff. Uh, maybe it's not picky. Yeah, not picky. You just like it prepared. Yeah, right I got to assume way I like it prepared. That's okay. But I assume everybody that cooks in New Orleans knows what they're doing. Because that's a place where you don't find bad food very often. You really don't. You're not wrong. So, Wednesday I, night, Saints game, right, right after Thanksgiving. Oh, cannot wait. Yep. Cannot wait. All right. Uh, I do want to talk about Damani Kazee because it sounds like from, from everything I've heard, and you guys can can jump in here wherever you want to jump in, but from what I heard, he he probably, if you had one player you want to identify as the standout guy that a lot of people are talking about, he would be that. Talk, tell me what you saw. Well, it's just, for me, it's just a baseline of where the guy is. If he's a basketball player that's coming off an injury and he does an alley-oop dunk right off the bat, you're like, okay, that's what he can do now. That doesn't mean that he's going to do it all the time, but what can he do? Where is he health-wise? We didn't know, and he made a play. I'll let you know, um, Dave describe it, but he made a play that just lets you know, okay, I didn't know he was – honestly didn't know he was going to be out there, and he was actually – Yeah, I don't I, I, I don't remember him making a, a specific play, to be honest okay. with you. You, you do it. Okay. Um, <laughs> you okay, I'm it. sorry. I thought, I thought we had talked about it. I guess it was Rob. but You well, and I talked about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. Um, you guys look alike. Um my brother from another mother. <laughs> no, I, he just he made a play. It was and it was just a one of those you know the, the uh, play breaks down. The quarterback's looking down the field and then decides to check it to the running back out in the flat, which was Kazee's responsibility as well, keeping his eyes. And it was a Rico Daddle out of the flat. Right when he caught it, boom, Kazee was there. He made a cut to get there and and to be right there on you know and they, of course he makes the sound ooh you know i got you and all that who knows ooh. who would have won the battle but the whole the whole sideline erupted and whether or not that was just a great play by a defensive back or some of them know hey this guy's coming back from an achilles injury everybody knows who's coming back from an achilles injury mm-hmm. i mean that is the the kiss of death nobody wants to hear that word nobody wants to do it, especially as a safety who has to backpedal and then cut plant cut go he did it is he, does that mean he's back? I mean, I, I don't know. But he, he made a play that I didn't think he could make. I didn't think he was going to practice it. I didn't think he could make that play in May. I was I was shocked when I saw him get on the field and play. Shocked. Blake Jarwin tore his ACL in week one. That's widely regarded as, in this day and age, an easier injury to come back mm-hmm. from. He didn't do anything yesterday. Mm-hmm. DeMonte Kazee tore his Achilles in week five? So like a month later. And he's out here in May, and like not just a little bit, like he was out there a lot. Him and Jaron Curse and Donovan Wilson mixed in. Those three were like the predominant first group out. And I would bet, I would bet Kazee had thirty-five reps or so between seven on seven and team and all. I I could not believe it. And now that you describe that, I kind of remember it. But just in, just him being out and yeah, you cutting. To him. I did. Yeah, super nice guy. Um, 
Uh, he he was supposed to talk to the whole media, but he had to go pick up his kid from school, I think, or something. So he had to. But like he stu- he gave me five minutes. He he I I said that I was like you know people are a lot of people on the outside are surprised to see you out there, and he's like oh yeah I know like he he was like I I know exactly <laughs> I know. what people say about Achilles injuries and stuff like that. Um, and he you know he's he was talking you know what a what a terrible what an awful situation to be in a contract year. And suffer that injury, he's like, yeah. He's like, I learned, I learned a lot about like the real nature of of this business, like not knowing where I'm going to be, not knowing if, you know, how am I going to come back? Who's going to want me? Uh, he said it was a, a big, big relief to to get a contract. Did you ask him if he's run into Zeke yet? I did not. I did not. I don't think I want to. I'm trying to make good impressions. Um, if you remember Zeke, Zeke scored a touchdown. Demolished oh, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm he kind of yes, laid yeah, there yeah. for a, a Which little while. I will say, I'm you, you know mean, literally ran into Zeke lately. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you mean like ran into him in a conversation. That's no, good. literally. Okay, yeah. I, I got you. Yeah. I made a joke. I made a joke, a joke at Jordan's expense <laughs> earlier, and I'll say that which. You know, we we made a big and and rightfully so we made a big deal about how you know all these tall guys, all these six three, six four corners, mm-hmm. and Dan Quinn has a type. Dan Quinn again, he had to have been involved in re-signing Jordan Lewis. He was definitely involved in bringing Kazee here, and Kazee is small. He's a small guy. Like yes, there there are not very many NFL players that where I'm like really looking eye to eye. Five eleven, hundred seventy four pounds, hundred seventy four. Like that's. Light. That's where our. You say one ninety. You're there? saying I'm, eye to eye. I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to. If he's five eleven, I, do, I don't think he's five eleven. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm misremembering this. You're like, growing, Dave. No, I'm yeah, not. I promise, I'm not. No, and like, I mean, I growth spurt. Eye to eye. Eye to eye is an exaggeration. I mean, yeah, he I was. Know. He was taller than me, but yeah. like. It felt like I felt normal, not yeah. just like, oh, hey, Zach Martin, like nice to reach up <laughs> you and don't shake have to your do hand. A full extension on yeah. your arm for the microphone. Like man. he he felt like a normal sized person to me. Where at, you know, and then I you know, Nashawn Wright's walking by and just swinging <laughs> these eight foot long arms. The and whole wide receivers, like the rookie. When I was down there for a rookie minicamp, and all the wide receivers were walking by, I was like. The Mavericks would have a hard time with this group. I mean, like they – well, not last night. You know, they, they were good. But um, just tall. Tall, like yeah. you group. And, you know, there's not a lot of – which surprised me about the receiver they did sign, that uh, Johnny Dixon. Oh, yeah. Um, he was the he was one of the receivers from the workout with Brett Hundley. Um, and he stood out, I guess, more than Hundley. But if we have time, can I mention this about the backup quarterback? Sure. I don't – I don't think it's a huge problem. I, I I'm I'd be okay. I mean, I, Garrett Gilbert, I'm okay there. I really am. And I and they've looked they've looked around and they 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 might still you know sign a guy, but based off what we saw from Dak, and I think he's going to be fine. And I think Garrett Gilbert's going to be fine. I I'll, I've been maintaining since last year when he played in that game. I, I know that it didn't end up the way the Cowboys wanted, but I thought he played a pretty good game. All things being considered, with you know he got here and within a week he's playing football who's at quarterback and who's yeah. quarterback like yeah. everything about it. I said I want to see more from that guy. Yeah. Like I I think Garrett Gilbert can be a pretty good backup option for this team, and uh, and so I'm 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 a little less concerned about that as well as you. like I'm in the same boat with you on that. It's. It's a mix because I I sort of agree. I would love. I think you could upgrade the position, but not right now. Like unless what's some, out there is the problem. Unless somebody gets cut, or if you want to try to trade for like a Gardner Minshew, can't trade for Nick Foles. I think that's way too much money. Like he's got too much on his contract. But like, in, I mean, I would have signed Blake Bortles before he went to Green Bay. I, I mean, you can say what you will about Blake Bortles, but he's started a lot more games than Garrett Gilbert. But I think Garrett Gilbert's just as good, if not better, than what is available to them right now. Mm-hmm. And I, quite honestly, I, I look at a guy like him, and I'm like, I'd rather have him over a Bortles because what I know about Bortles, yeah, he started a lot of games, but he hadn't had a lot of production. Um, and I think Garrett Gilbert probably is a, at the worst, I think Garrett Gilbert is a similar quarterback. And I don't, I don't know that that Bortles is a, it is a much better quarterback than where Garrett Gilbert is. I'll take my chances that a guy. I, I just, what I want in a backup is somebody who's like been there and done that. And Blake Bortles, you know, he's, I don't, he started at least like sixty games. He took his, he took his team to a championship, right? Game, right? And then you, yeah. you know, the same thing you just said about Garrett Gilbert, like put Bortles, give him Zeke and a healthy offensive line and this receiver core, like 
I, I can talk myself into that. And, and and I think I think you can argue both sides of that. Um, I lean towards the guy as a backup that will keep himself ready and stays ready all the time. And I don't have it's a small sample size with Gear, uh, Gilbert, but we did see it. He I mean he was he was new to everything. Mm-hmm. I know another guy that you talked to yesterday, Dave, and and, and kind of yeah, and asked him about. He was really how, impressive too. Yeah. Honestly, now he he's. You didn't look eye to eye with him. No, he's <laughs> tall. That's that's yeah. my and you like about Garrett Gilbert. Yeah, Gilbert. he's Demonte because he's definitely taller than me too. Because everybody is. Yeah. But I, it's just yeah, you spend enough time talking to guys that are six two, three, four, five, mm-hmm. and six. When somebody who's five ten comes along, you're just like, oh, you're I wanna, you're kind of like me. I yeah. want to <laughs> see that video again before you start working here. Was oh, it Anthony Davis? I don't think the video of me interviewing Anthony Davis exists anymore. But I I covered an the SEC. The best bubbler. Yeah. yeah. The Brown. The seven footer? I covered I covered the SEC tournament the yeah. year that that Kentucky team was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I so I interviewed all those guys for ESPN and Anthony Davis, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, and I mean it's just ridiculous. Was, like I am I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Like I'm holding chair? the mic like that. No. no yeah, I don't know how that works with seven footer. Like, and I yeah. think I've finally gotten over it a little bit, but like back then, I was def like it felt emasculating to like stand on yeah. a stool or something like that. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. But like, well, I'm like, bring on Shaq. I'll, I'll get on a ladder. I'll, I mean, yeah. well, it's just it just <laughs> looks. Too. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's not even about being embarrassed. Like it just looks bad when you have to like do this yeah. to talk to a guy. So, yeah. But yeah, there's somewhere out there. There's some grainy video of me talking to <laughs> Kentucky basketball players, and it looks really bad. <laughs> so awesome. Hey, before we end the show, I do need to quickly talk about. Uh, some some changes to numbers. There were a couple guys who have changed their numbers. Only one of them, <laughs> only one of them is, is getting a lot of fanfare. Uh, Jalen Smith has uh, decided to move from 54 uh, to the number 9, which has some people up in arms about it. Um, I'll just open it up and let you guys give me your thoughts on the move, number one, and then number two, how people are responding to it from what you've seen. And I'm sure people have been on your in your mentions and, and, and said things. So I'd love to hear from you guys what, what your thoughts are there. If Jalen Smith was better at football, nobody would care. That's my take. I mean, I think it's uh, – I think it's weird that a guy who doesn't seem to have a lot of job security would be willing to pay that much money just to wear that number this year. I mean, it is my belief that if he doesn't have a better season, he might he probably won't be here next year. And so for him to willingly part with that much money just to wear nine, it it I wouldn't do it, but We've known for a long time nine means a lot to him. Like he tweeted when he got fifty four that part of the reason for it was that five and four add up to be nine. Like for whatever reason, it's very important to him. It's his money. Like it or not, he's one of the established players on this team, and he wanted to do it. And clearly, Jerry Jones, probably because he was getting part of it at least, is that he's getting a lot of money back in exchange for it. And also, Jalen doesn't play quarterback. I just I, I just don't care. And I think people really only care because Jalen didn't play well last year. If he was coming off an all-pro season, people would think it was awesome. Uh, you know, speaking of Joe Looney, Joe Looney wears the number of the one of our, Nick says the best player in Cowboys history. Maybe. But people like Joe Looney. Definitely top three. People like Joe Looney, so nobody cares that yep. he's wearing Larry Allen's number. That's true. Um Chuck Howley and Randy White have better Cowboy legacies than Tony Romo. Yes, and nobody was talking about this at all. But you know, people are you know nostalgic and sad about the way Romo's career ended, and Jalen Smith had a bad season, and so people are mad about it. I probably wouldn't have done it, mainly because it's a really expensive thing to do. But if it makes him happy, more power to him. Yeah, I was telling Nick before we went on there. I was like, what you don't know is, I know a lot of these guys are pretty superstitious, and this could be one of those things where he's just like, look. Give me my number back. Like, that number (laughs) matters to me. It makes me feel a certain way. And in a year where there are a lot of different things coming at me, and I'm talking about different new players that are kind of in his space now, I need to be at my very best. And he may be like, this gives him that extra superpower. Like, again, superstitions are never logical, but people have them. And uh, and I can't I can't for the life of me understand why you'd be willing to pay all that money for it. So the only thing I can think is that maybe it's just the significance of the number. The number just matters to him for whatever reason. The number matters to him, sure. and he's willing to do it because the number matters to him. 
Uh, yeah, I don't, do you have something you want to add? I was looking to for a, a quote. I, I looked for uh, something. I, he said I, yesterday. Fan. Go ahead. I don't know if you were looking at a quote from him. It was no, a, I was looking oh, at a fan quote. I just thought it said it perfectly, and it and, and I it, it was like what we've all said, but it was like in a quick 140 characters. It was just like, hey, I'm pulling for you, but like, you know, it it, it was basically just. You know, you should be more worried about the fact that they 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 got four linebackers to do your job. You know, like I, I hope it works out, but you spent a lot of money to change into a number when you don't seem to be. I mean, play better, just be a better player, and you don't seem like worried that they, they got Parsons. Oh, they got this guy fell in their lap. They got to get another linebacker. You know, it's like you're just worried about the wrong stuff. But do you do I, honestly? The way I look at that is I. I don't think Jalen is one that probably looks at all those things and is all that worried about it. I mean, you're talking about it. No, no, seriously. You're talking about a guy that has overcome what most people thought he couldn't overcome. And, and I'm not saying that. Right. that and so what, it's, not, it's, about, yeah. it's about perspective. I think I he it. looks at it and says, okay, challenge accepted. I'm good with the challenge. You bring in all these guys, I'm still going to be the one standing at the end of the day. I honestly believe what I know of him. That fits. Like he does not see that as a problem. He sees that as a challenge, okay. and he's going to meet the Look, challenge. I also okay, think... I'm trying to bite my tongue here, but <laughs> why it... would you just start doing that now? <laughs> well, I, I just, you know, sometimes I don't, I don't measure the things that come out of my mouth and how I say it, and I might regret it later or whatever. But the thing is, with him, if it, okay, yes, great accomplishment. You came out, and everyone re- respects that, and and it's a great accomplishment. It is. But don't be walking around or acting around like you're this badass linebacker playing for the Cowboys because you're not. And there are certain things, and I try not to judge a player uh, off the field or personality because that's not our job, really. Our job is to judge a player about what they do on the field. But the thing is, he brings that on the field. And I've seen situations where... The Cowboys were sucking on defense uh, yesterday, (laughs) last year, (laughs) last year. And, like, for example, you got these uh, defensive players, and I I remember I sent you guys a clip of it Mm. that I think it was Demarcus Lawrence yelling at everyone and just kind of getting everyone hyped up and, you know, like, we got to do better. Jalen is the only one walking next to it, like, oh, la, 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 la. Like, it doesn't apply to him at all whatsoever. He seemed and like the assistant manager that with the manager was going off on the Yeah, boys, he's over there, the like, laughing or, like, yeah, smiling. You tell him, when in reality, it was like, I think he's talking to you. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. things like that is what, like, makes me boil a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me so upset. And, and but going back to the jersey thing, it is not about Tony Romo. To me, at least, it is not about the number. It's about the person who's making that change. I could see a rookie with a number nine. I'm like, okay. I mean, at some point, you got to move on from <laughs> the number. Right. But it, it's just about who it is. And, and I'm not trying to hate on him so much, but it, it's just like certain things. When he comes and, and, and he, he takes it onto the field, that's when it becomes a, pl- a problem to me because I Try not to comment on people off the field whatsoever. And another thing on his interview from yesterday, he was like, yeah, um, I'm going to try to carry the number nine legacy. And I'm like, what legacy? What what kind of legacy are you going to be carrying here? I mean, I hope he does better. And I hope you're right on this number nine that has some magical power and and gives him some strength. I'm I'm saying maybe that's how he views it. I don't expect it, like, as Dave always says. Maybe that's what he's missing. Maybe that was what he's missing. some people do believe in it. And some people, it matters to them. Can he be the third best linebacker in the history of the Cowboys? Because I really think that's what number nine is. Right, third best quarterback in the history of the Cowboys. I think so. I mean, Brian, yeah, I mean, you could argue the Don Meredith no, and Danny Rice, an based argument. off of that, but yeah. stats and everything around it. That's a fair. I statement. put him at three. I put him at three. I didn't cover the other two mm-hmm. guys. Um, I don't think he can be third line. I mean, third linebacker got some ground to no. make up, but got some, he. He was wearing the number of one of the best. I mean, so that is the underlining stuff that no one's thinking of. Is and that honestly, already. He disrespected the fifty-four more than he's d- doing with the nine. I just honestly think Randy White. You talk about where they rank. Randy White, in my opinion, may be the best defensive players the Cowboys have ever had. He was Very, dominant. Him, him and Lilly, so probably. Bob Lilly, but yeah. I mean, yeah, as I mean, far as yeah, you want to throw in Dion and, and where, what Dion did I mean, those yeah. few years, but like Manster was like he was. Yeah. I had a Manster poster, and I wasn't even a Cowboys fan. Like, I mean, yeah. this dude was seriously one of the best 
to ever do it, and and, and he wore his and, number. And so. let's let's also throw this part in about numbers because it, the, there's different rules for different numbers. Some of them are absolutely untouchable. Okay, seventy four and eight. You're not getting them. Yeah. At 22, I don't think you're getting that either. Uh, some of them you can get if you're a badass at that position. 94, 88, 88, and 54 is sort of in that boat. They try to give it to a linebacker that they think can do something. Bobby Carpenter, laugh if you want, first round pick. Right. They thought, okay, Bruce Carter, yeah, they thought you know that they could happen. Fifty four, and that's why they gave it to Jalen. Twenty four seems kind of similar too. That was Everson's number, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, they Which, try, they try yeah, with corners. Yeah, yeah, you know, so. Barber had it in there too. But I mean, like, and the reason why Jerry, I think, finally Jerry didn't want to do it at first, from what I've been told, he finally they convinced him. You know, family convinced him he's not a quarterback. If this was a young quarterback, we're not doing it. But Jalen is not a quarterback, so it's fine. We can't keep nine forever. He, he didn't do enough for you to be an untouchable nine, but maybe not at quarterback. Same with 33. They get 33 out all the time, but if it's a running back, up-and-coming running back, they won't do that. Right. Meanwhile, poor, gotta, poor Woody's just got to watch terrible DBs wear 28 <laughs> like every year. And I don't know who's going to wear 82 again. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't see yeah, that good luck going with that. out Definitely soon. don't be a tight end Especially coming in wearing to wear 82. There's, yeah. a lot, you know, there's a lot of tight ends. That, I mean, the numbers, they, you know, they can wear different numbers now, so you don't have to be in the 80s. Yeah, you talk about an untouchable number. That like, one, Jason's up there now. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know see any other life, life uh, you know, it's like exactly huge, right. What is that? That's mural? not even a picture. I can't even call it a picture. What it is, is a mural? mural. Yeah, yeah mural. it is a mural. It's a piece of art <laughs> with his likeness. Yeah. I just think Jalen Smith's going to take care of this for everybody, and that's like True. if you just detach yourself of the emotion of it all. If he feels better in nine, he's, he's going to go out and play in nine. If he plays great, awesome and. It'll it'll be fine, and if he doesn't, then I think the Cowboys have a tough decision to make next year, and it'll maybe not again, as tough as you think. Well, it may be an easy decision, yeah. but either way, it'll <laughs> it's also be, clear. be fine. And it just you know, I get Good. I get that it's a it's a hot topic thing. Good but decision it's putting fine. it at the end of the show, Derek. Because yeah. if you would have put it, up, we would have done a we half hour before we talked about show. the OTA. Yeah, yeah. it's smart. <laughs> we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back next week uh, for another week. We actually only have a few more shows before we end for the summertime. I think we got two more shows here. <laughs> Amber, we got two more shows. One of those shows Amber's going to host. We haven't figured out which one yet, but she's hosting one of them. Uh, so we got two more shows, and, and then we're going to be taking who? a little break. My boss? <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> we're going to take a little break uh, for the summertime. Till next week, for Nick Eatman, Dave Helm, and Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!